in the footsteps of Jesus from down under. This is Nick Rita, your host. Welcome to the program. Very happy to be with you. My guest today, he comes from Western Australia, and I'm not sure if I'm going to pronounce that uh, location, but I will ask Ross Craig to do that probably. Ross, welcome to the program. Thanks, Nick. It's great to be with you. Look, it's wonderful to be able to connect uh, through the technology. And as you said a bit uh, earlier, if technology works, it's great. But if not, we may have uh, some headaches. But uh, thank God so far we can hear you properly. And uh, today it's an opportunity to share with our listeners a bit of your experience with God recently in your uh, little town where you live there. Now, can you please just share with us a little bit of your background where you come from, maybe a little bit of your family, and let our uh, listeners know a bit more about you. Okay, well, to start off with, I will pronounce the name of the town for you. It's Manjimup. In this part of Western Australia, there are many towns that end with the word up. All right. We have Manjimup. I have a church in Boyup Brook. I have a church in Cooley Cup, and we have lots of other ups around the place. I'm originally from Queensland. Um, born in southeast Queensland. I was a school teacher there for many years uh, before I answered the call to go to Avondale and train to be a minister. I've been in West Australia now. I'm just coming to the end of my second year and it has been an absolute privilege and a, and a pleasure to be here. Like most people from over east, I rarely thought about the West. I used to think of it basically as a different country. yes. Um, but now living here, my goodness, it is a beautiful place. It is beautiful. Oh, that's a I very thought, good uh, advertising for the people to, <laughs> to, to come in yes, Western I'll, Australia because uh, everyone, you know, thinks a, lo- a little bit more about, you know, Queensland and the uh, sunshine and the uh, Gold Coast and all those uh, wonderful places. But yes. uh, as you just said, uh, living in this country, you discover uh, beauties all around and most of all, if you find your place where you are and what you're yeah. doing. And uh, today we are going to talk a little bit about uh, that, Ross, because uh, as you are pastoring uh, around uh, there in uh, Western Australia, and I'm not sure maybe in uh, those towns, even the names, they have some meaning behind it, but uh, probably you, you'll not be prepared to, to share with us right now. But what I would like today to talk to you about an amazing thing happening in your area there. Now, we are living still under this um, COVID-19, I don't know how to call it, you know, but uh, um, some people may even have worries, have um, all sorts of idea what's going on. Nobody knows really no. what it is. Right. But what we know is how we relate to each other, how we relate in the community, how we keep ourselves together and mm-hmm. uh, continue to trust in Lord Jesus Christ Amen. and uplift his name. Now, one thing I know that uh, you successfully um, started there in your town, it's a um, food pantry. Yes. Can you yeah. share with us uh, a little bit, um, Ross, uh, what led you to think of a food pantry and if it's needed? Yeah, absolutely. When when I first got here, I suppose a little, just a, a tiny bit of uh, my own testimony, 
I I have spent time uh, a long way away from God. Mm. We're talking a long way from God, and I I spent time on the streets. Uh, I spent quite a bit of time being homeless, um, and so I kind of when I first moved to Manjimup, I recognised the signs as having been there myself. I and you know it took about six six or eight months until. Uh, I really decided that, yes, there is definitely a problem in this town where people are in food distress. Mm-hmm. I know, you know, from, from my own my own past, uh, on a Thursday night is the night you'd go down to the bins behind Cole's supermarket because that's when they would throw out all their bread. Right. Um, and I, I, I picked that up here, that that was happening here. So I talked to some of the other church members in the, in the Manjimup church. I also talked to the other ministers from other denominations around the town uh, to find out if anybody was actually doing anything for the homeless or for those who were in real food distress because there are some other issues uh, in this town, like a lot of a lot of towns mm-hmm. uh, across the entire country. Um, and I discovered that there was one other church in the town that was helping in terms of giving the homeless people blankets. And I thought, well, that, that's wonderful. So that's something that we don't need to do. But there was nobody feeding them. Mm. So I uh, made some telephone calls because uh, when I was actually in Kurumbong for the couple of years before coming here, I had gone and visited a food pantry uh, in Gosford mm-hmm. and seen how it ran and how it was put together. So I made some phone calls and, and got some information and went to some of the people at the church here in Manjimup and said, how about we just do a trial run just to see. Mm. Uh because to do a food pantry here in Manjimup means that we need to drive for an hour and a half to the food banks where yes. we buy the food from and then an hour and a half back and and we weren't going to commit ourselves to something if it wasn't wasn't going to be actually functional or needed in the town. Mm-hmm. We did our first, we called it a pop-up pantry, probably in about August of last year and as a result of the, the response from the town, we then went month by month, we would do it on the one day per month, and, and now we're doing it twice a month because the response has been phenomenal. This town has 5,000 people living in it, and we have 218 households that we're helping. Wow, amazing. And that's pretty much how it, you get it off the ground, you know, to to say so. And now what? Uh, how did the church respond to this? Because you need when you commit to a um, program like this, you need to have people behind it. You need to have people yeah. committed. You need to you can't just uh, start something, do it for a uh, few times and then uh, leave it aside. You know, we, once you start something like that, you need to have a, a sort of uh, uh, commitment. And yeah, how how is the church responding? How is the church responding? Well, the church here, Emmanuel, it's, it's amazing because the minister that was here before I and the minister that was here before him, so we're going, you know, I'm reaping what somebody else has sowed, basically. The last two pastors in Manjimup in the, in the area that I'm serving in developed a, a missional attitude in the church mm-hmm. here. Although they were missional in terms of international, packing boxes of books and sending them to libraries, et cetera, in PNG, doing things uh, to get, sewing machines and, and sending them off to uh, Timor-Leste. So Pastor John Brown and Tim O'Keefe were the ministers before me. They left me, I suppose, a group of people who wanted to do something. Right. So all I've done really is take that I want to do something from international to over the fence okay. to right next door. Okay. Uh, 
And yeah, the response from the majority of the church members here has been phenomenal. And other denominations in town have also come on board. All right. Okay. I was going to ask you uh, about that um, because particularly I believe when uh, the COVID-19, you know, come about and uh, there was different approach I believe in various ways and mm-hmm. I was uh, wondering actually and I was going to to ask you uh, what have other organizations you know in town thought about um, what you're doing because I believe there are uh, people around and other churches other groups uh, having uh, the same uh, let's say uh, uh, mindset, you know, to reach out to people, to share mm. the gospel. But yeah, how, how did they uh, see these things uh, uh, going, you know, with the, with the food pantry particularly? Well, it's not uncommon for there to be at least two or three ministers from different denominations volunteering at each pantry. Wow. Uh, and some of their members come along as well. It took a little while, I guess, for them to... I suppose, like you were saying before, Nick, that we needed commitment. We needed to be in it for the long run, so to speak. And I I got the feeling from a couple of them that they were hanging back, just making sure that we were going to be committed and we were mm. going to be actually doing this for the long haul. Uh, and then they've, then they've jumped in as well. But we, being a small, smallish country town, I suppose, anywhere in, in Australia, you have service clubs. Mm-hmm. We have the Lions Clubs. We have... Rotary, you know, we we even just have an organisation called Volunteers, and they have all come on board. All right. And they're helping us in terms of uh, helping us set up, helping us run the pantry, helping us pull it down in all all different aspects of the pantry itself. We have we've got we've actually got two food ministries now running uh, from the Manjimara Church. We had the food pantry, mm-hmm. which is based on food bank. So we go to food bank, we purchase the food, we bring it back here and we sell it for what we bought it for. Then we have a program called Second Bite, which is also nationwide. And this is where Coles and Woolworths donate us stock that's you know damaged or it's uh, getting close to its best before date mm-hmm. or excess stock. They donate that to us and then we package that up and we deliver it to people's homes. All right. So we've actually had some of the people that we have been delivering food to are now coming and helping at the pantry because they want to give back, mm-hmm. which is just amazing that people that we were giving food to have turned around and said, look, I don't know why you're doing this, but thank you. What can I do to help you to help other people? Yeah. So when we start to talk to them about Jesus and and you know we're doing this not because we feel that you are down and out, but because... We just thought you would like like some help. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I've been stopped in the street by people saying, "Oh, you're that pastor bloke from that church that cares for people, aren't you?" And that's things, amazing. Yes, it's yeah, it's amazing. And it's not expected. Yeah. It's not expected. Yeah. And Ross, just uh, as you mentioned a bit earlier, uh, Manjimup is not a big, big uh, town, you know. Uh, yeah. But uh, do you have people involved in this? Um, only from the area in Manjimup or you have also from the surroundings? We have, uh, Manjimup is what is called a super town, which means the government poured a lot of money into this because it's a, it's a, like a central hub, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Within an hour of Manjimup, there's at least four or five other towns. And we have people coming from those towns to come to the food pantry. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, you know, Bridgetown, Northcliffe, uh, Boy up Brook, 
Pemberton, all these little towns that surround Manjua feed or people feed in to when we have the pantry. And we also have people from some of those towns come and volunteer to help as well. And some of the local produce, uh, I live in the southwest Mm -hmm. of Western Australia, and this is basically a food bowl. Right. It is one, like, I go, (laughs) it's it's a bit, uh, a bit, Unusual. I've not actually been to somebody's house over east and done a Bible study and come home with a box of pears. Yes. Or a box of avocado. <laughs> but there are growers here. They grow all sorts of uh, fruits and vegetables. And the local, the big, some of the local big produce growers are now donating. Right. To the food pantry because That's- they know that driving, you know, 400 kilometres every couple of weeks is not is not cheap. Yes. Um, so they're donating produce that we can sell and then use that money to, to fuel the vehicles that are driving in and out of Bunbury. Oh, that's great. That's great. And that reminds me on, um, you know, as you just said a bit earlier, where I, where I grew up in uh, Romania, in Transylvania, we, we were farmers and we raised sheep particularly. But, uh, yeah, when a minister came around or, you know, a priest coming in the area, because we didn't have, uh, you know, uh, all the time there, just uh, some time visited us, uh, they always, as you just said, uh, we give what we have, you know, <laughs> and that reminds me of uh, of home. Now, also, Rose, uh, what I want to um, to talk to you in a few minutes. Uh, what kind of people are using this service? Because uh, I know even here in Adelaide, we started a few years ago. Um, kind of a dinner thing, um, and uh, yeah, I I volunteered there uh, quite for a bit and I've seen all sorts of people coming around and you wouldn't expect um, yes. some uh, you know from some some backgrounds uh, yeah wh- who's accessing this um, food pantry that that's a really good question Nick because originally like I said uh, I noticed a need because there were people in food distress, there were people going through bins, there were people sleeping rough. Mm-hmm. Um, and our original target, I suppose, community or target group were those who were in in food distress. Um, it's still for those in food distress. But as a result of coronavirus, the people who are in food distress has changed dramatically. Now, in the West here... Um, as most of the country are probably aware, um, our borders are closed mm-hmm. and our coronavirus, the, the level of coronavirus in this state is negligible. There has been no community transmissions, etc. We did go through a stage where it was total lockdown. We mm-hmm. went through a stage where um, I couldn't drive from here to Perth and Perth is only three and a half hours away. Mm. They closed all the, the regions off. And a lot of the, the federal government legislation, etc., are around, okay, you can't, if people can't afford to pay their rent, you can't evict them. That's a wonderful thing. However, there are some people who have taken that to the extreme and are now refusing to pay their rent because they can't be evicted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't really think about that side of it until uh, a few, about three months ago during when we actually had the full lockdown um, we weren't actually op- able to open the pantry the way we normally do with people come in and just shop, basically. So yes. we did drive-through pantries where people could ring up and say, okay, I would like a box of 
everyday groceries that go in the cupboard or I would like some frozen stuff to go in the freezer. And we would make all these up beforehand. We would tell the people, okay, you need to come at, say, 11 o'clock. We'll have your boxes ready and had a bucket on a stick that they could drop their money in and we yeah. put the boxes in the boot of their car. It was at that when I noticed some of the cars that were pulling up, BMWs. Wow. Mercedes were pulling up because in the better times, these people that owned four or five houses, etc., that they were renting out still have to pay the rates. Yes. Still have to pay the bills for the house, but they were not getting any income anymore. Mm-hmm. And so they were starting to find it tough. And local business owners who at one stage we had a, about 60, yeah, about 60 backpackers basically stranded in Manjima. Mm-hmm. They came to do the fruit picking and then they locked all the borders down. They couldn't go anywhere. So they had no, no money income, but they still had to pay the rent for the rooms they were staying in and buy food. So we started feeding them because the people who, the local backpacker hostel and two of the local pubs actually gave them accommodation for free Mm -hmm. during that time. So we fed them. And then the owners of the hotel found that they needed assistance. So the people that are using the service now, because we're still not seeing the tail end of this coronavirus impact by any way. Yes. Um, it's it's right across the board. Yep. We have the people who are the homeless and then we have the people who look like they're very, very well off. Yeah, that's interesting what you're saying there because, you know, when you are in a condition like uh, as we experience right now with COVID-19 and um, you see the um, reality of uh, mm. humanity, you know, I mean... Uh, Yeah, when all things goes well, you look on around you, you look on streets and say, okay, I'm part of this group or uh, I'm part of another group. You know, I'm not um, uh, from this uh, kind of level, you know, in society. You you can classify yourself in, um, um, you know, in a range of, of these sort of things. But when you are under circumstances like this, we are all... On the same level, we all need, yeah, we all need to communicate with somebody, to feed, to believe, you know, and uh, what I want to say also, because you mentioned already quite a few things about the impact of the COVID-19. And I believe you as a Christian organization, um, as a church, people know as you stop on the, uh, you are stopped on the street and recognize and even said, oh, you are that pastor, you know, that man who's involved with this, uh, you have opportunity to share about uh, the Lord, Jesus Christ. And I think this is the most important thing to to be able to share with people in this context, because I learn uh, things, you know, you you hear on the news and all around talking about the impact of this COVID-19, and many people are saying that the um, post-traumatic stress Uh, after something like this can be even much uh, worse than the COVID itself. And it's important how we handle it 
right now and how we bridge, you know, some of those uh, gaps there. I know uh, Ross, time is going very quick today and we mm-hmm. haven't got uh, that much time uh, for this um, uh, program, but I would like to just a couple more questions if I could. Yep. Now, d- during, you mentioned that during this uh, period when uh, you, you are even in lockdown, you're not forced to close in, in, in any time or did you have to close at some stage or what was the situation? Uh, well, the churches all had to close um, and the pantry, we couldn't operate. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we adapted. We we went for the pantry. We went to the drive-through pantry. Yes, yes. And for church, we very quickly moved to uh, doing it Facebook Live. Mm, mm. And that, that that that's fascinating because the number of people who we had now on Facebook Live was far many more than actually came into the building. Yep. And some of them are now coming into the building. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Which right. is amazing. Yeah. Um, yes, I will go. I was going to just mention, um, about the, the fact that you, you didn't close even though there was the, uh, you were under lockdown there. Uh, but you adapted and you yes. shared with us that you didn't have to really close down and say, okay, whatever happens, happens. Uh, you were able to adapt and that's, uh, that's really good. That's, uh, that's great. Now also, I mean, I heard about that you you keep running it right now. Um, how did that go the other day? The okay, we, yeah, we had a pantry just a couple of days ago, and again, it was it was one of our biggest pantries. We are amazed that we still have people. Well, we're we're getting less amazed as time goes on mm. uh, that people are arriving for the first time. Mm-hmm. We've been running for over a year now, and some people have have you know, up until now haven't needed it. But now they need the food assistance. Yes, and it yeah, it's it's, it's incredible. Some of them are saying now that they're so glad that we're going every two weeks now because they can do their entire shop. Yeah, yeah. except for milk. Are you <laughs> see, we, we don't sell milk, but yeah, everything and, else we do. Yeah, that's another uh, interesting thing, Rose. Because uh, yeah, you may. Um, after things is a little bit, you know, you're thinking, okay, we are uh, over it, and it, that can be the tendency of. Um, uh, slowing down, saying, okay, that I think we, we passed the critical uh, period yeah. and so on. And can that be a danger for a ministry like this to slow down yeah. when people probably just started to, to be in oh, need? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it would have, it, yeah, that is a real danger because, uh, I think I mentioned before, I don't think we've actually seen the end of this yet. Mm. The impact that it's having, um, even though, you know, West Australia is pretty much open for business again, except for anybody outside of Western mm. Australia. Uh, our churches are open again. We still have a limit of two square metres rather than the four you have over east. Mm-hmm. And social distancing is still a thing. But uh, the 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 financial impact and, as you were saying before, the, the post-trauma that this is going to cause, we haven't seen – we haven't actually seen that yet. Yeah, yeah. And it would have been so easy just to take – like you said, to take a step back and go, right – the shops are open again. Everybody can go back to their normal ways. We'll just deal with this little community again. No, I'm so pleased that we, we didn't do that. And, and I was going just to ask this now. Um, what are the plans for future Ross? Yeah, we, we have massive plans. Actually, we want to build another building so that we can be open permanently. We have had some of the local churches here have donated huge sums of money. Mm-hmm. Now, in, in a small country town, huge sum of money can be you know, a couple of thousand dollars. Um, They've donated thousands of dollars to us to help us to be able to get a permanent place where mm-hmm. we don't have to set up and pull down and set up and pull down. 
we would, yeah, we want to be able to go reopen more than just once every couple of weeks. We'd like to be open at least once every week. And uh, we want to grow it so that we're not just going to be serving food. We want to then have a cafe attached to it. Right. So we can then get to sit down with the people and have conversations and start to build that relationship. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, of course, as you know, as it says in the, in that quite well-known little book called Ministry of Healing, um, Christ's Method. We're going to build those relationships, build those confidences. I'm glad mm-hmm. that you mentioned that because uh, sometimes I mentioned that. Uh, can we just uh, um, remind, remind our listeners those steps? What's Jesus' method alone? Oh, yeah, Christ's method. Like he mingled with the people. That's yes. what we're doing now. We're mingling yeah. with the people. Yeah. We're meeting them where they are. Where there's no judging. Anybody, they go, you put your cigarette out, put your cigarette out outside. That's yeah. a good thing, but we don't care. You, yeah. you need the help. Come on in. We're mingling with them. We're meeting them where they are. We're, we're meeting their needs. We're building friendships. We're building confidences because one day, and it's already sort of started to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, they might ask the question or we can say, Hey, you want to find out some more about who we are and why, why you think we're the people that care? Come along, come and see. Just like, just like Andrew and Philip said to Nathaniel, come yes. and see. Yes. Come yes. and see. Yes, and you know, I used to to easily remember, you know, that method, Jesus method alone. I um, uh, I'm thinking of a formula of uh, of four S's, which means like Jesus uh, socialized with people, yes. very important. Sympathize yes. with their yes. needs, served them. They, he knew, he looked upon the multitudes of people and he felt compassionate, you know. Mm. He served them in order to ask them and buy them and follow me or save them. Very important. Yeah. Uh, socialize, sympathize, serve to save. May yeah, God absolutely. really um, help you there in Western Australia to establish Thank those uh, relationships with people and not only to give them the daily physical needed food, but also the spiritual food and uh, a hope for eternity. Would you like to say in a couple of words, Ross, something to our listeners? Now it's your time, just if you like to conclude. Okay. Um, don't be afraid to, to get dirty. Don't be afraid to put your hands in the dirt. I mean, God did when he, when he created us. Uh, don't be afraid to talk to anybody. Just be, just be yourself with, a little bit of Jesus, mm. and uh, we we can get this message out. We can get this message out. We don't need to hit them with a the Bible. We just need to serve them. Amen for That's that. That's what you said. Yeah. yeah, I really like that. Ross, uh, I pray to God that uh, you will continue successfully to uh, make an impact in the community yeah. there to run that uh, wonderful uh, ministry with the uh, food pantry and all other things you do there. And... Um, Until next time, when we'll hear more from you, may God richly bless you. And don't forget, I'm, uh, and usually I'm saying to our listeners too, don't forget, keep walking in the footsteps Absolutely. of Jesus. Amen.